Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. You know, Pastor Ennis, you came about in a circuitous route to what I wanted to talk with you about one of those important things. You outlined uh, a few minutes ago the fact that Many people in preaching and teaching about God have to sacrifice. They have to sacrifice because not everyone is listening. And sometimes they preach at peril to themselves. And so we look at at instances like Bonhoeffer, who was executed. He was steadfast in in preaching for morality Mm -hmm. in a country where there was only immorality. And yet he stood up a shining star screaming at the top of his voice about what was morally right. Right. He paid the ultimate price. Mm -hmm. But that is what you have to do sometimes, whether it's the ultimate price or some some other price somewhere a little bit lower down the line. If you stand up for what is God's moral law, and say it over and over and over again. And I think if I were to say one failing of the clergy in the last 20 or 30 or 40 years in our country is that the pulpits have not been ablaze. Pastors like, and I'm not going to say like you because I haven't heard you, but most pastors are afraid to stand at their pulpit and say, you cannot continue to kill unborn children and expect God to just stand by and say, it's okay with me. As well as every other moral law, every single other moral law that is written over and over and over again in the Bible, enunciated by the prophets and enunciated by the saints, by everyone else, mm-hmm. you can't expect God to just sit around and say, oh, well, I guess I messed up yeah. mm-hmm. because he didn't. We did. And the, the <laughs> fact is, we as humans need moral leaders. True. And where are the moral leaders to be found if not in the pulpits of our, of our nation? So. Well, let me give you a, a little bit of history. You may or may not know this. One of the greatest spiritual revivals that ever took place in this immediate area was over in Hayesville. And the Methodist uh, preachers and the Methodist churches had gathered for 
what they called a camp meeting, a revival. And nothing was happening. Well, George Truitt, who was from Hayesville, his family later moved to Texas. He had a, I believe it was an uncle on his wife's side. And uh, everybody called him Elijah. I think his name was Elijah. They called him Elijah. So he wanted, uh, nothing was going on, so he went to the Methodist pastors and talked to them about he wanted to preach. He said, I'm burning. I want to preach. Nothing had been going on. So they, uh, they gathered a council together and talked about it, and they said to him, when do you want to preach? He said, and he had a little impediment of speech. He said, the sooner the better. So they let the man preach. And when they did, there was fire from above, so to speak, spiritually, that moved people. They began to weep and cry about their sin. We've not seen that, Dan, in a long time. And and the the thought of all of that, Doc, is that here we could have that again. And I'm I'm convinced that the only thing that's going to save America is when God's people get back to where we depend on him and him alone and ask, seek for revival. We become so busy, and we're after this popularity, or we're after this power, or we're after this profit, money, riches, that we're missing the whole point and all the while. And think about it, Dr. Dan. What are my grandchildren and yours? What are they going to be facing in another, maybe sooner we think, another 20 years maybe? What is it going to be like in America? And now we've got, we've got the bringing in of people from other countries. We call them refugees, sanctuary cities. We're spending money by this government, hand over fist, into putting it into situations. It's actually our enemies. And God tells us over and over and over again, abstain from these things. It's just like in my personal life. There's things out there he tells me I'm stay away from. Not just me, but if every Christian would read it, they'd find it for themselves. So I think a lot of people who call themselves Christians aren't aware of what they should do because they don't go to the instruction book. But my point to you, Pastor Edis, is that we need moral leaders. Absolutely. And those moral leaders need to be willing to sacrifice if necessary, to stand up and say, this is wrong, and we will not stand for it anymore. Simple, simple acts, like a young man in high school scoring a touchdown and pointing upward to heaven to indicate that he is grateful for his Mm -hmm. gift from God, that he had the ability Mm -hmm. to do what he just did, and he gets penalized and punished when a coach merely wants to go to the center of the field after a game and kneel down and pray, not force anyone to do it, Mm -hmm. 
but be joined by those who agree in the supremacy of God and to thank God for the talents and the the wonderful gifts Mm -hmm. when he is punished. That is a time when we must renew, redouble, retriple our efforts Mm -hmm. to say we cannot allow this, this example of immorality to stand. Well, and and you are so right in that. And I guess the answers we're looking for lies in the the thought, where are the leaders? Where are they going to come from? Um, and I've heard people say under their breath, so to speak, good people. Everybody I see goes that's good, it goes to Washington, winds up getting corrupted. So where are we in this endeavor? If we go back to the Constitution and the language in it, it's when the government becomes so corrupt and tyrannical that the people are to stand up and do something. So it's gonna take a it's gonna take a, a John Adams. It's going to take a George Washington, uh, a Thomas Jefferson. Uh, from, the, from the government point of view, or from, uh, from looking at it in that sense, but it's also going to have to have some moral influence from the pulpits in America. And if the pulpits became ablaze with the gospel message in all of its power and all of the outreach of that message. It reminds me of a story I, I read about Wesley, John Wesley. And a fellow went into a, I believe it was in the state of Michigan, went into a, a town up there, and he was a, a businessman, and he went down to a, a restaurant there, and he wanted to get a drink. And... Uh, he was cursing. Why is there no blankety-blank-blank drinks in this town? Why can't a man find a good drink in this town? And the, the fellow at the restaurant looked at him and said, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. John Wesley had been in that city and preached a revival, and people got saved, and they didn't want that anymore. And so I think that's one of the things that's going to have to happen. But that's revival from a spiritual point of view. Do we enter into the idea of insurrection, revolution? Do we entertain those ideas? Could it come to that in this country? I think it's very possible. Uh, There are, are, as you well know, there are militias that are organized throughout this country. We see them doing things right now on the borders in Texas. they're doing some things to protect those borders that our government will not do. So I think it's still a government for the people and by the people. But I think there's going to have to be an awakening to the truth. I put a post on Facebook the other day that said something to the effect like this, that we Americans need to get off this idea about Democrat and Republican because grandma and grandpa always voted Democrat or Republican 
and get on our faces because we need God. And it's time, and I don't remember all I said in that, but it's time, I think, in this country when people begin to cry out. And, of course, we don't hear every preacher. You wouldn't hear me on national TV. I'm not on national TV. If I were, I'd be preaching some of the things I'm saying to you right now. Uh, we've got uh, the only person I know, preacher-wise, that is really speaking the truth about things is, is uh, Franklin Graham. And he's, he's saying things that, uh, that uh, needs to be said. He's making good points. And we need to pray for the man. He may be the man God raises up. I don't know. But be that as it may, the moral issue has got to change. You know, Pastor Edis, I'm not sure that we need one or two or five or ten national people preaching on TV. What I find more important would be for at local levels, in local churches, local pastors, ignite the fire of truth and the fire of morality Mm -hmm. in each church and each congregation. You know, a while ago I I interviewed on on our program, on Freedom Forum Radio, Pastor Matt Truella, who wrote a book called The... uh, the Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates. Mm-hmm. And his point was very well taken. He, he, he starts the book by discussing a biblical event, uh, an event in history, uh, that demonstrates this principle. Back when the Romans ruled Palestine, mm-hmm. okay, the emperor in Rome was Caligula, a very evil and, and egotistical right. man, and the Roman governor of Palestine was Petronius. Mm-hmm. Well, Caligula uh, wanted to put a statue of himself because he considered himself to be God. Right. So he wanted to put a statue of himself in the holy temple in Jerusalem. And he sent an order down to Petronius and said, make a statue of me and put it in the temple. Well, the Jewish people of Palestine were were terrified and angry and abhorrent that he would consider doing this. And they, they understood that if a, a statue of Caligula were placed in their temple, their temple would be defiled. Mm-hmm. And so they begged and pleaded with Petronius not to do this. They did everything that they could do as individuals. They... They pledged their lives. They pledged their children. They laid on the ground and exposed their necks and said, "Kill me instead of putting that of your instead of putting that statue in the temple." And Petronius relented, and he sent a message back to Caligula and said, "I'm not going to do that." Well, Caligula, being the man he was, sent a message back. Uh, well, Petronius, you've defied me, therefore please fall on your sword and end your miserable life. Well, of course, they didn't have email and telephones in those days, so he sent that message by boat. Mm -hmm. Well, very shortly after that, 
Caligula was murdered by a bunch of people who wanted to take over. And they sent another a message on another boat basically saying, ignore the previous message because Caligula, he's dead. He ain't around no more. Well, fortunately, the second boat got to Petronius before the first, and so he did not fall on a, on a sword. But that, that was the example that Pastor Truella uses to demonstrate that lesser magistrates should stand with the people to prevent the tyrants above from forcing immorality or immoral right. on, on the people below. And who, who has done that? We talked about Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer was, in essence, although he wasn't in the government, he was a lesser magistrate. Mm -hmm. And so the whole concept is, is that lesser magistrates, local government officials, should interpose themselves between the edicts of the tyrants mm -hmm. and the people. And the role of the people, led by the clergy, is to support their lesser magistrates in fighting for them on their behalf mm -hmm. to maintain the rule of law and the rule of morality. Mm -hmm. Well, these, uh, these are some of the things that happened in the early church during those days of persecution. Uh, and I've often thought about this. We've got churches scattered all over this country, 20 to 20,000, you know. So there's, there's, a, there's a vast number there. And these are these gathering places that we call churches. Uh, the church really is inside the person who's believed. So these are really just assembly houses where we gather. But if every one of the churches buildings, gatherings across this country were to stand for morality like they should. Now, the lady in Kentucky is a prime example. We've got states now who are standing against some of the things. Over in Blount County, Tennessee, I think it was, I uh, don't remember the town now, but the mayor there, I believe it was, they actually passed something like an ordinance in their town asking God when his judgment comes upon America to overlook them because they they did and and she's she's catching all kind of uh opposition to that because it they were making it a law. So uh the things that and, and all of those local assemblies together make up the one bride or body of Christ which is the true church. So it's, all, it's only representative. When I drive down the road and I see a church building down here, it's First Baptist Young Harris, I know there's a group of believers that gather there. When I go to Pastor Sharp Memorial out there, I know that there's a group of believers there. And it's that way all across the country. And so if those, should I, should I say rallied, if the troops were rallied, we are soldiers as Christians. Our warfare is in heaven. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But what we fail to realize in that, that up there, so to speak, in heaven is where the battle is won. And, uh, 
and yes, on, on this earth, we've got to stand. Bonhoeffer took him out and shot him in the back and pushed him into an oven and burned him or a furnace and burned him to death. Uh, it may cost us. Freedom costs you something. Freedom is to be protected by a heavy cost. It just didn't happen. It just didn't just come. And the whole concept of freedom is in the heart of God. God answers to no one. And so when he created man, he created him with that same ability, freedom, to make a choice. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. I get joy in everything. 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 Everything gonna be all right this morning. <laughs>